pretty good. I didn't know where you were going with that one. Uh, also, green light, everybody. Hi, hey, welcome, welcome back to the back. green light. Green light. That's us. I'm Jackson. I'm Lauren. And what do we do here, Lauren? Well, we talk about old movies, new movies, all the movies in between, and whether or not we would green light them. Yes. If that... we were in in power. That is, <laughs> one day when we are in a position of power, hold all the cards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, what Lauren was doing is an allusion to one of the films we're going to talk about. Uh, so get excited for that. Because there's going to be more of that, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, let's do a, little, a few. Well, I guess let's explain one thing since this episode is coming out first before. Uh, so Lauren and I are going out of town next week. Or I guess going I'm going home. out of town Friday. You're going out of town Saturday. Yeah, but we're, we're going to the same place. Lauren's going home a little bit earlier for her sister's graduation. Yay. And I have to uh, uh, stay working one more day. So I will do Sad. that. Then we're both going back to North Carolina. Uh, we're going to go to the beach with my family, Yay. which I'm uh, super excited for. It'll be great. Shout out, Dad. I know you're listening. Um, so, uh, yeah, but that means we uh, we're recording this now properly and we're also going to record another episode immediately after this uh for the following week so if some crazy news happens and we don't talk about it that's why i doubt it will but who knows the world's a crazy place yeah so yeah just know that the episode you're going to hear following this in a week from now i guess in time will be that we'll explain it again on that one but yeah just just a little bit of a heads up yeah, shall we do a few housekeeping things before we jump yeah, into our movies? Shreep, shreep. Uh, yeah, So first of all, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. None of you did it this week. Shame. Shame. Um, but yeah, it really, really helps the show, uh, helps us move up the charts, helps more people see us, you know? Yes. See us, listen to us, all that good stuff. You know, because ideally what we would love is for us to be ranked high enough that we can be recommended to people. You Ooh, know what true. I mean? On Apple Podcasts. Like, if we can show up high enough on that list that we'll show up like on the home screen of you know the the film and tv genre so that's a delightful yeah those are very lofty goals for sure but you know it's like that's the only way we can make that happen so for sure please please help us please yeah uh also uh follow us on social media please at tgl underscore pod um you know we we, we've gotten back to it a little bit that's right i posted like twice last week yes that (laughs) that is correct And, and i posted once i think yeah. I did the spoilers. You know, I actually want to make sure that I do um, one of mine. There's a picture I'm going to show you, and I am going to post that on social media so you can all see it. Probably on Twitter. Okay. So good. follow us on Twitter. Follow yeah. us on Twitter, please. Uh, and on Instagram and Facebook. That's right. All the things. All uh, the things. You should also become a member of our Patreon. Yes. Yeah, we have all kinds of cool stuff there. Um, actually, our ten dollar patrons just got a little bit of swag, so that's yes, cool. they did. Uh, they're the p- p- pretty fun. Uh, the ten dollar patrons, you know who you are. I hope you enjoyed your swag. Yeah. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Woo. Um, let me see what else. Uh, yeah, we have green lit episodes. We're going to be coming out with our next one. Um, right after we get back from the beach, basically. So. Um, yes. Yeah, like. Late May, early June-ish. Yeah, cut us some slack, okay? God, <laughs> we've been busy. Um, Yeah, and also in June, um, we have our next road trip episode, which is our first one in our new format, which is, um, you know, so we're going to look at a uh, classic play script, something like that, and psychoanalyze it. Not oh, did really, we just regular that? analyze that. Yes, uh, we had talked about this on the show. Oh, sorry, Whoops. I didn't. I was. I wasn't sure if we had a hundred percent decided that that's what we were going to. Well, do. stay tuned, I guess, for what our road trip is going to be then. <laughs> TBD, but po- probably that. Uh, okay, I think that's all. That's all the. Yeah. Also, listen to our other show. Who is that? The Massinger Podcast. Yeah. Maybe you already do. You probably do. Probably do. That one's popping off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Shall we? We shall. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Um, oh, also, I guess we should say, too, I don't know if we mentioned this, but both this week and next week, all of our movies are new. I know we normally do... Well, to be fair, one, mine for next week is 2018, sure. so that's like three years old. Sure. A, a, a world that did not know a global pandemic that's right. from COVID-19. So, a very different world. However, still all relatively new. Sorry if you're a fan of older movies, but we just watched some newer ones, so calm down. <laughs> That's well, yeah, we, we watched so many new ones we wanted to talk about that we were like, we yeah. just have to do a bunch of new ones. Yeah, for sure. Real so quick. that's what we're doing. Uh, so how do you want to structure this? You, me first. Um, I don't know. Yours is the one people are going to want to hear about, but mine's fun. 
Yeah. Maybe I'll do mine first then. Okay. We'll keep the people waiting. That's right. Uh, so mine is, as you may have guessed, a week away, a week away, a week away, a week away. No, I can't talk. Anyway. <laughs> a week away. It's called A Week Away. Yes. Uh, it is set at Camp A Week Away. Ooh. See what they did there? They hmm. did that. Yeah. Um, so it's a 2021 film. Literally just came out on Netflix. Yep. Um, it actually like still says upcoming on IMDb for everybody. <laughs> Does it really? Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, um, so here's the synopsis. Nowhere left to go, Will Hawkins finds himself at camp for the first time. His instinct is to run, but he finds a friend, a father figure, and even a girl who awakens his heart. Most of all, he finally finds a home. Aw. Aw. Look at that. Wow. So here's an interesting thing about this movie that I didn't say before. Okay. This movie is categorized on IMDb as drama, family, and musical. Huh. You think something's missing there, Jackson? I do think something's missing. <laughs> Jesus is what's missing from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is a Christian movie. This is a faith film. Yeah. Um, here's the thing, though. I think the whole gimmick of this movie is that it doesn't want you, like, it doesn't want you to know it's a Christian movie when you click on it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, because <laughs> Or when you're watching it, apparently. <laughs> it just it just slides Jesus in there. Um, <laughs> just very, very discreetly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, it's like one of the songs pretty early in the movie is very specifically like, I love Jesus. Yeah. But then a lot of the other songs are like, I love camp. I love friends. Yeah. I'm nervous to talk to this girl. For sure. You know, and like... I, 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 I guess I'll let you, because I was going to say something about the music, but I'm sure you talk about it. Go, so but, I'll go ahead. I, I was just going to say that it's sort of, it is a mixture of original songs and already yes. Christian songs. Yeah, like already um, out there Christian songs. And, and something that I think is interesting that I kind of think they do a decent job at is taking some of these Christian songs and making them fit in the film. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they stick out like a sore thumb. Other times it's like, oh, I get it. But yeah, a lot of the times the songs are in context don't necessarily have to do with Jesus, even though they're originally meant to do with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Well, another thing that I think is interesting is that at least some of the songs, like, happen in world. Yes. Based on, you know, specifically the main guy's reactions to everyone singing and dancing. Yeah. Which is really interesting. And it's also, (laughs) with the Christian songs, too, it's like... People kind of do break into Christian songs with, you I'm, know, if someone shows up with a guitar. I was going to say, if you've been to a church camp, this movie kind of nails it. No, it really does. <laughs> it it really does. It. <laughs> all um, right. We'll let, we'll let you get into it before yeah, we, before we yeah, gush yeah. too much. Uh, so first of all, before I get into any of the stuff about the specific people involved in this, I actually wanted to talk about two different things. I want to talk about faith movies. Okay. And I want to talk about musical movies. Cool. I'm excited. All right. So first was some musical movies. So, first of all, did you know, fun fact, um, the reason we don't have an Oscars musical category is because there aren't <laughs> enough musical films that come out every year that qualify Original to fill musical it. films. That's right. Original musical films. Excuse me. Yep. So the category does exist, it turns out. <laughs> Are you expecting me to, to yes, plug, Yes, I Lauren? am expecting you to okay. plug. Okay. <laughs> Uh, me and a uh, uh, longtime Patreon member, supporter of the show, and a friend of the show who's been on, Nicholas Bafia, and many of our other colleagues in college. Um, I produced, acted, Nick executive produced, and did so many other things for DP'd part of the time, etc., etc. We made a, mo- a full-length movie musical. Uh, the original intent with it uh, started by Nicholas Bafia and Julia Stamey. Uh, their idea was to activate this Oscars category. And so uh, we are still in the process, the post-production process. It is a long time because at this point, it's essentially me, Nick, and Julia of the original people working on it. Julia's dad is doing so much. Shout out Chris Stamey. He's the best. Um, but yeah, so so our original intent was to activate this Oscars musical category. Uh, we have a feature-length movie musical. It's done with uh, 11 original songs. I think. Boom. Um, it's it's all coming together. It's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. But <laughs> if you have an original movie musical and you you just been holding on to it or have the idea, <laughs> let uh, hit hit me up and uh, yeah. we'll we'll talk. We coordinate releases. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So th- did I cover everything with Fix? It's called Fix. I think Fix. so. Yeah, it's called Fix. Original title drawn together. Stars in it and plays a character named Jackson. I do. So that's pretty cool. That uh, unintentional, but it happened that way. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so. <laughs> Here are some recent musical movies in, like, so 
first of all, very recent memory. Came out last year. Yep. Two ones off the top of my head were Jingle Jangle, a Christmas, you know, the Christmas one. Yes. Um, that was a live action musical on Netflix. And then also Over the Moon, yes. also from Netflix. Uh, it's animated. Yes. Okay. Uh, some other slightly less recent ones were like La La Land, you know, Into the Woods, Les mm-hmm. Mis. Now, those last two were based on Broadway musicals. Yep. And for the most part, musical movies that come out that are actually popular are either A, animated. So think Disney princesses. Disney kind of yep. has a monopoly on the animated musical because like Over the mm-hmm. Moon came out, but it lost money. Did um, it really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, part of it is because it couldn't have a theatrical release, to be sure. fair. Sure. But yeah, even with Netflix behind it, it lost money. So I'll talk about that in just wow, a second. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Disney kind of has the the monopoly on animated movie musicals. Um, and then the live action ones are 99% of the time based on Broadway musicals that are already established, already have an audience. So for example, two really big ones coming out this year are In the Heights mm-hmm. and West Side Story. Yep. Um, and did you watch the trailer today, Lauren? Oh no, what did I miss? Dear Evan Hansen. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. like Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's for another day. Ben Platt somehow looks 14 and 40 in that movie, <laughs> in the trailer. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Why can't they find someone else to play? I don't know. If I was Ben like, Platt, I'd want to do it. A 40-year-old can play a high schooler movie. in theater, but maybe not so much when like a camera's in your face, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay. Anywho. Anyway, yeah, so... um. So just a couple, you know, to think about, okay, they made this movie, you know, how do you pitch a musical to a producer, right? That's an original musical, obviously doesn't necessarily have an established audience. So let's talk about some, some budget stuff, right? So like I said, Over the Moon did unfortunately lose money. Its budget was 44 million and it only got like 21 million. Does that include like Netflix buying it out, et cetera? I have to assume. Yeah. Wow. I know. Kind of wild. Um, let me see. Um, no, I, what, what does my writing say? I don't know <laughs> if I actually found the budget for Jingle Jangle, you but it looks yourself. like it made 200 million or oh, wow. like, you know, and I don't know if that's, that, that's a net, that's just gross. So I don't know how much they spent, but probably sure. not that much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, truthfully, um, like had a lot of mostly unknown people aside from Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they made 200 million, pretty, pretty big. And then La La Land, another pretty recent one, almost won uh, the Oscar for Best Picture. Uh, for for about 15 seconds, it won Oscar yeah. for Best Picture. <laughs> um, but that one, the budget was only $30 million and it made 446.1. Wow. Okay. So basically printed money. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that said, you know, this movie, like... Yeah, it's hard to get a live-action musical done, and I think the fact that they, okay, had some established music in there, a lot of their budget wasn't sunk in writing original songs because they only had a few of them, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that helped it a good bit, and they also didn't have a ton of super well-known people in it, um, yeah. so that helps too, or as we'll talk about, uh, you know, like, <laughs> act- or directors, writers who were super-duper established either. Mm. Um, okay, so let's talk about Faith Films. Let's do it. Okay. So, Faith Films. Now, if you look up Faith Films, you're mostly going to see Christian ones. Um, However, I did just want to briefly point out, there is a pretty major um, film industry coming out of Utah that is uh, Mormon films. Let's go. Um, There is actually, like, one girl, uh, Kaylee McCormack, who went to my school, who, like, has, you know, had, like, a pretty big role in a Mormon film, and that was sort of, like... You know, not her, like, big, big break, because she's not famous yet. But, like, you know, she's definitely gotten her foot in the door with Mormon film. Um, and at the uh, same time, another thing that happens in Utah is Hallmark. So just, like, oh, lots of Mormon films and most Hallmark films coming out of Utah. Wait, was this filmed in Utah? This was not, no. Oh, okay. Not as far as I know, maybe. Gotcha. <laughs> but anyway, um, so, yeah, just an interesting thing about faith sure. films. Um, so some big faith films that you might have heard of, obviously. God's not dead. It's a trilogy, but, um, you know, the first one was in theaters, which was a pretty big deal. Definitely for a faith film is a big deal. Yeah. Um, it had a budget of $2 million and it made 64.7 million. It's like 30 times. Yeah. Kind of printed money. money. Uh, you've definitely heard of this one. The animated movie, the Prince of Egypt. Um, let me see. It made 218 million. Its budget was 60 to 70 million. I couldn't nail down a specific, Hmm. Um, there's also one, this is not that famous. I just had to write down what the little tagline was for, that this blogger wrote. 
Yeah. It's called The Father's Love. Uh, it says, this movie features Sarah, who dates too much. Oh. So much so, at times, she even dates more than one man in a day. Oh. Until she finally comes to trust in Jesus. Wow. Wow. Anyway, so there's nice. also, uh, I couldn't find budget stuff for that one, so that's probably a bad sign. Um, yeah. Soul Surfer. About, you know, true story of a surfer who lost her arm to a shark and then continued to, like, learn, basically taught herself how to surf again. Um, that one, the budget was $18 million, made 47.1. Uh, there's one called God Bless the Broken Road that came out pretty recently. That one lost money, though. Um, and then, of course, there's all the Narnia films, which are, like, the biggest. You know, it's like, you don't really think of them as faith films because there's so much, like, a like popular fantasy, fantasy yeah. series, but like they are absolutely one hundred percent based in Christianity. Um, so just like I only did the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe because that's the most popular, but that one made seven hundred forty-five million, and it, the budget was one hundred eighty million. Wow, so pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And then the last one I wanted to just briefly mention is War Room. Came out in like twenty fifteen. I remember yep. that one being in theaters too. Um, that one, the budget was three million. It made seventy four. Well, because that was filmed in like Concord or part it of it. Was, wasn't it was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was shot like right in our area. Um. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So the the biggest thing is that faith films. I feel like either need to be so like this is a faith film, like God's Not Dead. Yeah. Or they need to disguise it to be successful. They need to make it like, oh, this is a musical. This is a comedy. This is fun. This has people you know. Yeah. You know, for it to be successful. And I mean, I think that it really, really helps, um, both for a musical and a faith film, but especially a faith film, I would say. Like, I think the only way a faith film is going to have mainstream success mm-hmm. is if it has a major backer, you know, so in this case, Netflix. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So we knew that this one was a Christian film, but I yes, think maybe your average Netflix user who was getting this pitch to them on their recommended page is like, oh, oh. family friendly musical. Fun camp teen movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's all I had about that. So. Let's move on. Uh, so the director of this movie is Roman White. Okay, so my two truths and a lie. There is no trivia on IMDb for this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um... Are we going to do that now? Yes, because okay. this director, Roman White, pretty much all he's done is music videos. Interesting, okay. So what I'm going to do is name a whole bunch of artists. One of them is a lie. One of them he has not done a music video for. Okay. Okay, so think about this movie. Think about the direction, right? Okay. Um, And know that, you know, with a lot of these artists, it's more of like the 2008, 2009 era of those artists. Okay. Okay. So keep that in mind. Yep. Uh, Lady Antebellum. Okay. Taylor Swift. Okay. Justin Bieber. Yep. Emily Osment. Okay. Gwen Stefani. All right. And Shakira. To me, the 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 name that immediately jumps out is like slightly oddball out is Shakira to me. Yeah. Um. But also the Biebs. <laughs> I'm go. I'm gonna go Shakira. I think that's the lie. Gwen Stefani's the lie. Interesting. He did direct a Shakira music video. Um. Hmm. Also, Emily Osment is a weird one because she came out with like one song. <laughs> and he and this man directed his, her yeah. music video. But yeah, uh, Taylor Swift, he directed like the 15 music video, I think, and maybe like a couple other ones. He directed a ton of Carrie Underwood videos. That was like the first thing he did. Hmm. Okay. He did like Colby Calais, Kelly Pickler, uh, Kelly Clarkson, Brad Paisley, lots of country people, Scotty McCreary. Uh, and yeah, that about covers all the people that you would know. So, okay. Oh, and also Jeanette McCurdy, who... I yeah. currently fame. Yes. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's the director. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of interesting. Like, this is only his second feature. I haven't heard of the other one. It's called Summer Forever. Hmm. But pretty much <laughs> that, everything that else is like... That sounds similar to this movie. <laughs> definitely, yeah. But yeah, pretty much everything else is like, okay, a couple shorts and then lots of music videos. I guess that kind of makes sense, especially with a musical. For sure, yeah. Kind of, like, like, having to kind experience. of like... Well, he's not a choreographer per se, like working with choreography, you know. Totally. Um, anyway, so the writing team for this is Alan Powell and Callie Bailey. So there's also um, another guy, Gabe Vasquez, who just has a story credit. All three of okay. them have story credits. Sure. Um, but yeah, these two uh, wrote the screenplay. So um, Alan Powell actually founded Christian band Anthem Lights. 
Oh, I've heard of Anthem Lantern. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? Um, yeah, and he helped write music for this as well. Um, so he uh, is now doing a lot of producing work for like other musicals, stuff like that coming out. He's going to be producing a Chris Pratt movie okay. um, and also a country musical with Florida Georgia Line. Oh, okay. So interesting. Hmm. Um, and then Callie Bailey has actually done like lots of crew work, like or just a really wide variety of random crew work, you know, hmm. like stuff like that. Um, but this is definitely her biggest thing. Um, so yeah, she was just like one of the screenwriters on this. So this is sort of, I think she might be someone who like kind of always wanted to be a writer and ended up, you know, being on other crews and this is her big break. So let's go. Congrats to Callie Bailey. Congrats. Uh, some composers on this. I'm going to go through these pretty quick. Um, there are two Benjamin Backus and Adam Watts. Now Benjamin Backus, um, Everything he's done has been for a music and faith show called Grace Notes. It seems like it's a talk show. It was started in 2020 and is pretty much just like Christian artists are going to come on, play some music, and then talk. Yeah. So I was like, okay. But Adam Watts has the big guns. This man wrote songs for High School Musical 1, 2, and 3. Wow. All right. Not all the songs, but like one song on each of them. Sold. Um, he wrote a song each for Camp Rock 1 and 2, also which I will say the the beginning song of this when they first get to the camp gives me like major beginning of Camp Rock 2 vibes. Yeah. Um, he also wrote music for High School Musical, the musical, the series. Nice. Uh, he wrote music for Disney Channel shows, Liv and Maddie and Austin and Allie that both have musicians in them. Um, both Hannah Montana, the series and Hannah Montana, the movie. Nice. And, uh... Yeah, that's about it for that. Um, I thought I had more stuff, but I was like, I just wrote, whoa. Oh, and also Lemonade Mouth. I think that's pretty sufficient. Yeah. So yeah, just all the Disney things. And you can definitely tell uh, based on the music for this. Definitely similar like Disney Channel original movie vibes. Yeah. So real quick, let's go through a couple of our actors. So obviously, um, our our leading lady is definitely the most... I wouldn't say the most famous because there are a couple of adults who are more famous, but, um, so Bailey Madison, uh, our leading lady, she is most well-known or at least what I know her from is playing Maxine Russo on Wizards of Waverly Place. Yes. There were like, there was like half a season maybe where Max was turned into a girl. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she was Maxine Russo. Yep. Um, she has actually done Faith Films before. She was in one in 2010 called Letters to God. Mm. Um, and you know, it's like, I mostly know her as a child actor. She's turning 22 this year, which feels like, whoa, I'm old. Um, anyway, she was in a lot of TV movies. Uh, another thing that she's pretty well known for is playing young Snow White in Once Upon a Time. Oh, cool. And which honestly makes sense because her face looks so much like the actress who plays Snow White on Once Upon a Time. Um, and then she's coming out with another movie, which we actually talked about recently, a Cinderella story, Starstruck. Yes, we did. So in in the Cinderella story franchise, the Cinderella yeah. story verse. Who knew it was a franchise? I really didn't. I did not until watching yeah. one of them recently. Anyway, also you you missed. Uh, she was in the night before Halloween, Lauren. Oh, that's true. I did horror see that movie. on IMDb. Awful, awful Forgot horror movie. Forgot to mention that. that we watched. Yeah, that was a, a tough look for Bailey. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know that she's been in anything good yet, aside from Wizards of Waverly Place. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, hope for I have hope for for Bailey. I think she's, she's still very. I think young. she's very good, <laughs> and also still very young. You're yeah. right. But yeah, uh, get her a good script, please. Um, Kevin Quinn, our lead guy, uh, the the delinquent. Uh, who comes into the Jesus camp. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know anything about this movie, but you're going to like it. He was in a movie in 2020 called Send It! Oh, let's go. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, that is a reference to BattleBots. <laughs> yes, it is. Watch BattleBots. Stream BattleBots. Yeah. Well, it's just like, I guess uh, they can control these hammers that'll smash their opponent's bots. And uh, someone someone yelled Send It. Yeah. It was very funny. Um, he was in Hubie Halloween as Pennywise Guy. No way. Yeah, I don't cool. remember who that was. I'm but... sure he. it was a very small role. Yeah. Um, but then the main thing he's known for, he is on a Disney series, Bunked, as oh. Xander McCormick. Gotcha. I've heard of yeah. Bunked. I feel like lots of lots of the the kids at your agency have probably auditioned for Bunked. One girl is in it. Hey, awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, Jabril Cook. So he was George. So that was the, the best friend with the awesome shorts. Mm-hmm. He just had like... Fits. Yeah. Fits on fits. Fits on fits. This whole movie. Yep. So here's the thing. He was really funny. He hasn't done anything before. Wow. This was like his first thing on IMDb. 
Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. He was great. Um, yeah, he was like my favorite. Um, Kat Connor Sterling, um, she hasn't been in a ton. Um, she's just had like some co-star roles, some guest star roles, um, on a couple of TV shows. So mm. 911 and The Gifted were the big ones. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And then Ian Tucker, the last person I'm going to talk about for the kids. Um, he was the acapella guy. So he's the villain, tall, blonde guy. Yes. Um, I actually did see that he played a guy named Jackson in some movie that I had oh. never heard of. So Hey-o. that's interesting. You got a connection. Um, I do. But anyway, I think he's done a good bit of things but that I haven't heard of, but he definitely got this because he was in two episodes of Insatiable, that show starring Debbie Ryan, mm. which I think was a Netflix series, so that's I think scans. so, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, and then the last couple of people I am going to briefly mention is um, our two adults that are very famous. So, of yes. course, Sherry Shepard of 30 Rock and the Mass Singer fame. And the Mass Singer Who fame. Who it? Who it? it? Uh, and David Kochner. Um, who you might know as Todd Packer from The yeah. Office. It might be Keckner. Is it really? It might be. Oh, I'm not well, 100% sure. David. Sorry, Dave. Just David. <laughs> Big Dave. Um, yeah, so he's Todd Packer in The Office, which is what I mostly know him from, but also uh, in the Anchorman franchise yes. and Get Smart yep. um, and many other things. Yeah, but, Big yeah. Comedian. Yeah, big comedian. Yeah, I was surprised to see him in this movie. <laughs> yes. Because I feel like every other character he has is just like a, Very a gross dude. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, whoa, this... Because I, when I saw him and he was the camp director of this Christian camp, I was like, is this a spoof? Yeah. <laughs> Are they pranking us right now? I was like, is this a parody? I really don't know. Um. Anyway, so this is my final verdict on a week away. Okay. I'd All like right. to hear it. So as a person, you know, usually like for a faith film, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. But you know what? This is a musical. Yes, it is. It's funny. It, yeah. It's summer. Yeah. It's fun. It has, you know, some new faces, some old faces that we love. Um, and it doesn't have any like deep, dark drama about Christianity. It's yeah. mostly like Christianity as like, this is a loving community, you know, yeah. which like, which is what, what we strive for. Like, it that's what be. we hope is the case, yeah. you know, um, unfortunately it isn't always, but like, that's that, that's the ideal, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So, you know what? Green light. I will green light this. I, I'm kind of on your side on this, Lauren. I enjoyed this movie much more than I should have. And yeah. Honestly, I think here is what put it over for me is I really did enjoy the acting for the most part. I yeah. feel like in a lot of these movies, it's like, oh, here we go. These, these people. But no, I mean, I think they all did a good job. Like the script was passable. And once again, they nailed church camp. They really nailed they it. They really <laughs> nailed church camp. And it's really also too, it. I think that being a musical like helped save this movie in a way, you yep. know, like, yep. because I think it's like, I mean, no pun intended, it's so campy, like it, <laughs> yep. that, that's what makes it okay. Because if it was going to be like that level of drama of like, he was going to go to juvie and now yeah. he's yeah. at camp, yeah. you know, this could have been way worse yeah. than it is. <laughs> <laughs> Two things I have to say about this movie. One, I'm glad you mentioned the juvie thing because the kid, like they talk about him being a bad person. He doesn't show that whatsoever. No, like he's he actually turns out to be pretty well adjusted. He he's like, well, it's like very easy. It takes participating. like two seconds when yeah. he gets to camp for him to start participating. It's exactly. like as soon as he meets um as soon as he meets Avery, who's Bailey Madison's character. Yeah, he's just he's, like he's all all in. right. I'm in. All, all it takes is a girl. <laughs> I gotta impress and then her. He has like one moment at the end where he's like ah I, I don't belong here, and then and then it resolves very quickly. Sorry, yeah, spoilers. Fine. But they yeah. all break out in so, song and dance. So it was just I thought that was funny. Um, I don't know if that's all. I think that might be all I have. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and then as a studio, the budget for this, I-, I could not find. Could not find budget or box office. But I have to guess it was probably under $5 million. I would. I would be willing to bet. Yeah. You know, even you know with like small-ish rolls. Well, no, I don't know how much it made because it's brand new. I couldn't find any of that stuff. That's fair. Um, but the thing is, it did get picked. By- it did get picked up by Netflix. You know, we've seen it. I'm sure lots of other people have already seen it. And there is honestly like a huge market for people who want a film they can watch with their kids without having to be worried about it. For sure. You know? Yeah. So like. And this does a good job. Green light from a studio perspective too. Yeah. You know? All right. Let's go. A double green light. Double green light. For a week away. Just keep on rolling through. Yep. All righty. Shall we move on? We shall. Now, this is the big one. This is the big ticket item we have. The the big <laughs> teddy bear at the carnival that you've all been waiting to get. 
And uh, that's all I'll say. Yeah, we've been waiting to watch this movie for a while too. I'll say that Wait, it's Tenet, by the way. I, yeah, I'm sure it's you Tenet. saw you saw the uh, the title the the title, and uh, you know that it's Tenet by now. So let's let's jump into it. I'm sure I'll reveal a little bit of my thoughts throughout before we get to to my verdict. I However, think you've already revealed some of your thoughts. Eh, let's keep going. <laughs> All right. So the synopsis of this film, and listen closely. <laughs> In a twilight world of international espionage, an unnamed CIA operative, known as the protagonist, is recruited by a mysterious organization called Tenet to participate in a a global assignment that unfolds beyond real time. The mission, prevent Andre Sator, a renegade Russian oligarch with precognition abilities, from starting World War III. The protagonist will soon master the art of time inversion as a way of countering the threat that is to come. Hmm, that's interesting. That's really interesting. That is uh that is a tenet of a description. <laughs> We're both doing the hand motion to each other right now. Yes. So if if you've seen the movie, uh, my me saying that makes a little bit of sense. If not, essentially part of the 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 whole thing behind this organization is that their sort of secret code is saying the word tenet in a <laughs> sentence and then sort of interlocking your fingers. Yeah, I think the whole reason it was tenet, and they definitely implied this in the poster, is that like, ooh, it's spelled the same forwards and backwards. Yes. It's a palindrome. It is, it is a palindrome. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that was the intent. They want to make the whole world a palindrome. And they kind of did. Flipping stuff. They 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 did a bit, Lauren. Aye, um, aye, aye. So yeah, let, let's talk about who was involved in this film because you've probably heard of a lot of them. Uh, written and directed by Christopher Nolan. Yep. He's a director and a writer that you've all probably heard of. In yep. case you haven't, and you've seen one of these movies: Memento, The Prestige, The Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, Interstellar, Dunkirk, and now this. Now this. Tenet. Uh, so I actually do want to talk a little bit about Christopher Nolan because. It's a big part to whether a movie's gonna be successful or not. To well, you be know quite what? Honest. And I will say, we've gassed Christopher Nolan up a lot on this show. And I'm honestly, Lauren, not gonna say anything about how I feel about this movie. I'm still gonna gas him up a little bit. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll talk about it in a bit. But a little bit about him. His films have generated over two mil- $2 billion domestically and close to $4.8 billion around the world. Blink, blink, with a B. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is quadruple the combined production budget. Uh, approxim- which were approximately 1.1 billion, uh, roughly, for all of his movies. Uh, more than half, which actually went towards the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, and t- a typical good rule of thumb for a movie, if it doubles its budget, it's considered a success. Mm-hmm. And so he quadrupled his budgets, which with some big budget films. Like, yeah. It's not, it's not like you he was making simple movies. No, the, there were a lot of big budget films, and he did a lot with them, and people really liked him. He wasn't making a week away. Uh, he, he was not. I, though I would like to see Christopher Nolan's take on a week away. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> there, s- some sort of alternate reality <laughs> Something. Anyways, not only are they financial successes, maybe, but they're... Maybe, sorry, maybe the main guy would be Jesus in maybe. that one. You anyway, find out. continue, But sorry. also <laughs> Judas at the same time. Oh, whoa. Uh, a bit of a two-faced situation. Anyways, not only were his movies financial successes, they were critical successes, because uh, throughout his movies have won 10 Oscars. Um, I know Dunkirk was nominated for Best Picture, maybe Interstellar. Um, I don't think any have won Best Picture, though. Dunkirk didn't win, right? I don't think so. Am I lying? Am I, what's, what am I on? All right. Uh, but anyways, yes. So ten, 10 Oscars throughout his movies. Um, a, a lot of the themes, which this one follows as well, as you could tell, kind of like cerebral thrillers, especially ones like Inception, Interstellar, Memento, Tenet. Um, yeah, very high concept films. That's him. We'll get back to him in a second. However, I want to talk about the people who were in this movie. Uh, So this movie stars as the protagonist, John David Washington. If you recognize that last name, it's because you know who Denzel Washington is, because John David Washington is the son of him. So, known mainly for Black Klansman, uh, he's also a series regular on Ballers. And those are really his two only big things, because fun fact, he actually was a football player. He played in college, and he was signed by the uh, Rams, and uh, never actually played for the Rams, but he did play a season in NFL Europe. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that about him, so cool cool. Can you imagine going to NFL tryouts and, you know, because with a name like Washington, people aren't going to assume that you're related to Denzel Washington. Yeah. And someone might have made a joke, and he was like, that's actually my dad. That, that's that's <laughs> my dad. Hey, you ever see Remember the Titans? That's him. He's the coach. Uh, all right. So this movie also stars Robert Pattinson, someone who you also probably know. Love Robert. Uh, obviously, Twilight. 
uh, heartthrob, turned into a serious actor for movies like Good Time, The Lighthouse, The King, Devil All the Time, and will soon be the future Batman. Because um, that's coming out 2022. Excuse me, you forgot something major. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Harry Potter. I you put your name in the Goblet of Fire. He's in that one, in case you didn't yeah. know. Uh, but yes, so he was he was in that, playing many teen heartthrobs throughout his career. That's right. Uh, also, uh, this movie stars Elizabeth Debicki, who is known, uh, she played Jordan Baker in The Great Gatsby. Uh, she was in the Macbeth TV movie. She was in the movie Widows, which actually the movie Widows is what got her cast in hmm. this. Um, uh, uh, Christopher Nolan saw her in that. Actually was convinced that she was an American actor. And, uh, but she's not, she's Australian. So, uh, she did a good job. And some episodes of The Crown and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Hey. Uh, Kenneth Branagh, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh, is, uh, is the big baddie in this one. Uh, a Northern Ireland man. He's from Northern Ireland. Hey. Which is cool. Uh, known for, honestly, mainly his work in Shakespeare. He's done a lot of Shakespeare on stage and also on film. Uh, you name a, a major Shakespeare role and he's probably played it. King uh, Lear. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> that one, I don't know. He might not be old <laughs> enough for that, to be fair. That's fair. But uh, I, he, Hamlet, Macbeth, a lot. Anyways, uh, he also was, uh, uh, he had a main role in Dunkirk, which is where I'm assuming there he and go. Christopher Nolan sort of began their love relationship. Uh, uh-huh. Also, Aaron Taylor Johnson is in this kind of a smaller movie. Uh, he's British, which I didn't know. Uh, and he's in the Kick-Ass franchise, Nocturnal Animals, and uh, I know him as Quicksilver from uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Hey. Yep. Rip. Rip, Rip Quicksilver. Uh, sorry if that's spoiled for you. However, you've had time to see the movie. <laughs> um, yeah. Now I want to sort of jump back into Nolan. Uh, because, yeah, I, uh, I, I think it's interesting. We're going to talk a little bit more about the cast sprinkled through just about him. But so about this script itself, Nolan took more than five years to write this movie after deliberating about it for over a decade. Here's the thing. I feel like... Nah say anything to yet unless it's like not about how you feel well i think that from seeing this movie yes that makes sense i think you can tell yeah i think i think you can tell he spent a lot of time on it and maybe didn't let a lot of other people read it (laughs) who would give their honest opinions tipping your hand a bit lauren but we'll (laughs) get to it uh so um Nolan wrote and directed this movie with, like, the spy genre in mind. Uh, it's, it's, in his way, a take on a James Bond movie. Um, one, one fun thing that I think is interesting, it's his self-proclaimed biggest movie he's ever done in terms of physical scale. Uh, they, you mean just, like, in terms of how, like, where the locations were? Well, so, or? yes, they filmed across seven countries. Sheesh. Denmark, Estonia, India, Italy. In the Amalfi Coast, actually. Hey! You've been there. Norway, uh, the UK, and the United States. Um, and another another reason why this was such a big production movie is because the segments that concern time inversion, they filmed both forward and backwards in mobility and speech. And yes, that means the actors learned how to speak their lines backwards. Was that really necessary, though? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I, I will say, and, and a lot of these things, I think it, it shows Nolan's dedication to, like, the craft of filmmaking. You can sure. call them pretentious, you can call them dedication, but it, it, it is a lot of effort that he puts into these movies to make them, like, yeah. you know, to, to make them real. Um, I think it's impressive that the actors learn how to do that. I think it's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also, uh, Christopher Nolan is also known for doing practical effects. So most of the effects that you see are practical. The, that uh, airplane crashing into the hangar, that's practical. They, they did that. So uh, another thing which I find cool. I, yeah. I love the use of practical effects, etc. So pro- props to you, Nolan, for doing that. Um, he also worked – there's obviously a lot of attention to detail with this. Uh, he worked with theoretical physicist Kip Thorne to work out some of his ideas uh, about time and quantum physics, uh, who he also worked with Thorne on Interstellar. So fun. Um, I'm also going to talk about all the uh, physics concepts that he made reference to, which include Annihilation, Second Law of Thermodynamics, Maxwell's Demon, and Feynman and Feynman and Wheeler's notion of a one-electron universe. So all of those are sort of referenced. But Hold Nolan- on, wait, what is Annihilation? I don't know. I actually didn't look oh, okay. it up. Oh, okay. Just because we talked about other Annihilation. Correct. Some sort of physics concept, I assume. Um, yes. Uh, but Nolan did state that this movie is not intended to be scientifically accurate 
Like, he's not trying to do anything. But I think it's cool that he sort of consulted and he sure. sort of took took ideas from. So that it's at least kind of based in reality. You can look at this and be like, oh, I, I guess that kind of makes sense. Whether Even if it's like, you know, probably not possible. Uh, <laughs> a fun fact about Christopher Nolan that I found out in my research. He does not own a cell phone or have an email address. In 2021, Lauren's, Lauren's uh, rolling her eyes, which I understand that. I just don't understand how you can function in this society Because that. he's offer only. No, he's not even offer only. He just does his own stuff at this point. Yeah. Like, and he, he I, I assume, has an agent that reaches out to him on a landline. I'm sure. Uh, that's a his liaison or, to the world. He, he, he mentioned that oh. there are so many people around him that have, you know, cell phones and things. People that's just so call annoying. his wife. I guess people just call his wife. I don't know. It's an interesting way to live. Good for I him. Guess. The the man has probably never heard of TikTok. He's probably n- never seen a Facebook video. I guess. Man, he might, I wonder. He might go I wonder on. how long it was before he heard about the pandemic. I don't know. Hey, I mean, maybe he well, watches the news like an old. Fun fact: He probably did uh, hear about the pandemic uh, pretty quickly. Uh, that's true. Because, <laughs> uh, this movie was delayed three times because yeah. of the pandemic. So uh, t- tough on old old Chrissy. This movie came out in 2020, by the way. Uh, the really first big tentpole movie to be released in theaters. Yeah. Uh, well, because at this post-pandemic. point, it's like, you know, I remember uh, in January, me going to the Grove, which is a big shopping center in Los Angeles, um, where I, I work. Um, yep. And, you know, they had these giant tenant posters, like, in the parking garage. As you were, like, going down the ramps, you'd just be, like, wrapped around with tenant posters. And uh, and then they stayed there for, like, a full year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, it, it a few months ago came out on HBO Max for everyone to watch, and that's where we watched it. Yes. Um. Yeah, so it just finally got to the point where it was free on HBO Max. Yes. Um, so uh, let's talk about one more fact before we jump into thoughts, because I, I want to devote a lot of time to talking about thoughts. Um, so uh, the first time reading the script, uh, 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 Washington, Pattinson, and Debicki were only permitted to read the screenplay while locked in a room. And in addition, Michael Caine, who also has a very small part in this, he has a part, but you know, whatever. Um, he was only given his pages for the day he was filming. So, in order to keep the film under wraps. They're doing the Marvel thing. They are. Yeah. And I'm going to use that as an idea to jump into my thoughts. Because I gotta be honest. Even if you would have leaked this script, I would not have any idea what was going on by yeah. just reading it. I, Absolutely no. I would have had to read it a lot. <laughs> I, admittedly... uh dozed off a couple times during this movie Lauren did. but you know what i think i know about as much of what happened as jackson does <laughs> okay here is what i will say by the end of the movie i understood what was happening i i i got i got the whole time inversion thing i got in effect how it worked how it operated in the universe etc yeah. however but before i say anything before i say anything about my thoughts I have a lot of respect for Christopher Nolan and the movies he's put out because yeah. some of them are some of my favorite movies. Yeah, me too. And so I, I, I think I love the work he does with practical effects. I love his dedication to the craft. I love et cetera, et cetera. I think he he is someone who has a lot of big ideas and he's going to go for those big ideas. Yeah. And that's also something that I think I respect about him. But in this movie, I'm uh, if you're a Christopher Nolan fanboy, I'm not going to say the best things. <laughs> About this movie specifically. Yeah. Because, to be honest, this movie, I I don't know what the hype is about. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't. I just think what they needed for this movie was an editor. Like, someone who was going to give him an honest opinion and be like, this doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. they just needed, I think he needed more eyes on the script. I think he's a great director. I think maybe he should have handed the story off to some other writers. I think a lot of a lot of people, and and I saw some reviews for this movie, and a lot of people were praising it, which I I, I get kind of, but <laughs> a, a people were calling it like convoluted but amazing, and it's like I get the convoluted part because it very much is. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that you have to not just pay attention to the movie; you have to focus on what is happening in the movie. You can't look away for a second. Which I mean, once again. We watched this at home on our couches with sure. plenty of distractions. If, yeah, if I maybe watched if I would it in, seen theaters, this in a theater, maybe it would be a little different. Yeah, I would recommend do not watch this movie at home. 
Unless yeah. unless you turn off all the lights, put your phone in another room. If you and have a really home theater, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you really focus on this one because you need to. You need to focus on it for it to, to make sense. And, and here's another reason why you need to focus on it. I, I thought the actors did a great job with what they had. Yeah. But the reason why you have to focus on it, in my opinion, is because you're solely watching this movie for the plot and for the like action sequences. Because there is no character development, in no. my opinion. There 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 is nothing you can't latch on to the protagonist. And I think he's aptly not named because you don't get much about who he is as a yeah. person. Well, and I will say also, like, for everything I didn't understand about this movie, I'm not gonna say what it is, but I knew what the twist was going to be very early on. Yeah, sure. You know, and I'm sure you did too. Yeah. Like, it's just like, for as convoluted as it was, that wasn't enough to keep me from guessing what the twist was going to be. Yeah, yeah. And and, and here's the thing too. It's like, I just, I felt like the characters, besides Robert Pattinson a little bit, I, I thought Robert Pattinson did put a little inject a little personality into his character. Yeah. But overall, I, I feel like these these actors were directed to deliver things very like straight down the barrel, like almost with no emotion. And I get that it's a spy movie and I get everyone's trying to be covert and mysterious, but I still like I don't know anything about these people. I know a yeah. little bit about Kenneth Branagh and Elizabeth Debicki's <laughs> relationship because, you know, obviously it's right. a struggle. He's a whatever weapons dealer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're they're it's not good. I don't know anything about John David Washington. I don't know anything about Robert Pattinson. We're supposed to believe they're friends by the end of this, but why? What what like what why why do they grow closer together? Because of this mission? Well, and kind I also of? too, I think that the only reason maybe Robert Pattinson was allowed to have personality is because his character is the only one who like has sort of been through the whole timeline, like, and knows what's going on. So, you know, I feel like his personality is almost that just, like, knowing thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but every time he and John David Washington's character talked, it was exposition. Yeah. That's that's the first... A lot of this movie is exposition. (laughs) And also, Kenneth Branagh, I respect him a lot as an actor, but I I feel like he was just told to just, like, no emotion on your face, deliver the lines... And it's going to be menacing. And to a certain extent, it was menacing. Like, I think I think he did yeah. a fine job, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Well, it's also, too, like, you know, for a Shakespearean actor, especially because a lot of Shakespeare is meant to be, like, kind of big. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's yeah. not necessarily meant to be super muted film acting. Yeah. Or at least that's not how it was written. You know, I'm lots of people perform it that way. But, yeah. You know, so it's just kind of like, I'm sure he tried and was told no. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not... I, I don't know who's at fault here. I mean, obviously, yeah. Nolan has a lot to do with a lot of the, the creative choices, of course. But it's like, I get what he was going for with this spy, like, oh, mystery. But, like, it was almost like it, it faltered under the weight of this, like, these big ideas that he had. I and, agree. And, it was just like, the, it was like too high concept. And I, I'll, I'll say this. Once again, maybe we're stupid. Maybe we're dumb. You can call us that. I don't care. I, I'll i say this. And this is going to sound mean. The concept and, like, the sequences that leaned into that concept, the, the backwards and forwards fighting sequences, were not cool enough for me to justify yeah. all of this. In fact, some of the sequences were just a bit confusing. And not not because, like, the plot was confusing, but, like, the, the fighting sequences, and it, it, it was the audio design thing for me. Like, hmm. they, it didn't have oomph. Like, they, they were punching, it, it felt like you were punching in your dream, you know? Where, sure, where it's like, you, yeah. you can't really, it's just like, it didn't feel like, like, it didn't feel like a, a classic spy movie in that sense. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And I once again, I love Nolan. I love a lot of the things he's doing. I mean, I think the movie looked good. And, like, yeah. I think in researching it, I appreciated more of the concept on the page than I did watching it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But, and uh, maybe it's one of those movies that gets better the more you watch it. But do I want to spend another two and a half hours to maybe find out if I like this a little exactly. bit more? Exactly. Well, and it's also, too, I feel like, you know, for example, The Prestige. I love The Prestige. I did, too. And, like, That's you a know, convoluted plot. That's a convoluted plot. But the thing is, it's, like... Once you get to the end, you're like, oh, like all of this makes sense now. And I kept yeah. waiting for it to make sense. Yeah. And it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like not enough. The twist wasn't enough. Yeah. 
I agree. And it, what's it, it, the twist was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I was again, kind of saw that coming. Especially when you, when you learn about what is happening, like what the time inversion thing is, you kind of, it kind of, nah. you're like, oh, it could be this and it's that. I don't know. Once again, I'd love to hear people's thoughts on this, to be honest. So if you do, you know, hit us up with an email. Don't be mean. We won't read it if it's mean. But if if you legitimately like this movie, let us know why. If you yeah. didn't like this movie, let us know why. Uh, do it in your iTunes review. We, we, we'd we love Boom. to do it. Um, five stars, though. Even if you disagree. <laughs> five stars, yeah. Um, all right. So, so in conclusion, I think I have to... I would, like, you come to this idea... To me, as a studio producer, I'm going to greenline it immediately, probably as soon as I see Christopher Nolan. Because his movies print money, and they're very successful. And I think with this, though, I feel like as a producer, I'd have to take this with, like, more of an editing eye. You know, and be like, okay, here's the big concept. How does it work? Yeah. You know, and, like, narrow that down a little bit. Because I think this movie could have been great. Yeah. And once again, but for execution. Yeah. Sorry, Chris red light oh it pains me it does <laughs> but we're gonna end on two truths and a lie something that we can all be happy about that Yay. was tenant everybody now Woo! we're gonna give you three facts lauren or, and you're gonna tell me which one's actually not a fact or or oh what? i was doing it backwards okay gotcha good, <laughs> good call okay fact number one kenneth branagh kenneth branagh said he read the screenplay for the film more times than anything he had ever worked on. He compared navigating through the scripts to doing the Times crossword puzzle every single day. Fact two. The working title for the film was Merry-Go-Round. Fact three. No way, that's gotta be the lie. <laughs> with an estimated production budget of $205 million United States dollars, this is the second most expensive film to ever have a person of color as the solo lead. God, I hope not. Um, I don't know. I just don't believe it was ever called Merry-Go-Round. Is that your final answer? Yeah. It was called Merry-Go-Round. What? <laughs> that was the worst time. I think that's the first time I've gotten Wait, you. But I feel like that goes against what the whole thing is because it's forwards and backwards, not around. Yep. Like, I feel like even just having that working title convolutes it further and... Makes it worse. Yeah. God. It turns Which out. Which was the lie? The lie was the third one. Because, in fact, this was oh, no. the most expensive film to ever have a personal color as the lead. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Yep. So, even worse. Even worse than you would think. Wow. And, gr- I mean, granted, this is a very expensive movie. Sure. Um, but it's also, like, it's not the most expensive movie. You know what I mean? No, for sure. For sure. Wow. I agree. But there we have it, folks. That was a fun episode. I think we yeah. kind of nailed it. Yeah, that was fun. I think we kind of nailed this one. All <laughs> right, folks. Thank you for listening. Whew. Once again, we're going to be on vacation next week. That doesn't mean Vacay. you're not going to get content. Shoot. We're- you know what I just realized? Uh, that picture I was going to post on social media it has to do with next week, not this week. I it just I did all the notes today. <laughs> rewrite your brains, people. Rewind something. Go on the merry-go-round and (laughs) reorient yourself in time. All right, we'll see you again next week. Kind of. Uh, We're about to (laughs) record that, so we hope we have the same energy. I'm sure we will. All right, love you guys. Bye. Bye. Ab.